the, the, big, the, the big question that uh, I kept getting um, as a result of the acquisition uh, was uh, to do with Irish technology companies generally. Uh, I mean, we, we had begun in Ireland, but we had made the decision to, to move out to the US. Uh, and, you know, there, there are all these media questions like, did I think or do I think uh, that Irish like all Irish technology companies should make that switch or, you know, for people who are thinking of starting a technology company in Ireland, should they just, you know, straight away move out to the US and not even bother setting up uh, in Ireland initially or all that kind of stuff. Um, and I always tried to kind of avoid answering those questions because um, my answer to, you know, should a company, uh, should a technology company uh, set up in Ireland, my answer, <laughs> my answer is sort of no, but, and inevitably that just becomes no, and so I, I didn't really want to answer them unless I could answer it right. Um, and so today I'd like to give like a, a slightly fuller answer to that question. Um, and I, part of the reason I don't want to get it wrong is that I, I think it's actually pretty important. Uh, the, uh, I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine about this uh, back a couple of days ago, and he reminded me of uh, the, the Lisbon strategy, which was this uh, EU document, you know, released in, I think, 2004, that sets out this sort of grand ambition for the European Union uh, to produce, and I quote, um, the most dynamic and competitive knowledge-based economy in the world by 2010. And in identifying this knowledge-based economy, they explicitly name Silicon Valley as what they want to emulate. And wh wh what distinguishes Silicon Valley is obviously the, the huge number of successful technology companies. Um, and all of those successful technology companies were at one point, you know, small startups. And so by saying that we want to create a, you know, the, the, the world's premier knowledge-based economy in the EU, what, what they're really saying is we want to make sure we have lots of startups. Uh, and so I think it's pretty important that we, we sort of get the startup ecosystem right. Um, and even though startup is kind of a funny term in the sense that, uh, I know that people never seem to be completely clear on what it means, and yet, I mean, it's, it's a fairly recent word. Uh, I, I think it's actually a pretty old concept, and you know, the, the, this notion of there being you know risky, innovative, creative enterprises in which uh, I mean people should invest small amounts of money with the prospect of a much larger return. Uh, I mean, has obviously been around for a long time. Um, especially, or in, in particular, I think startups are very relevant today uh, with the dawn of computer-related startups, with something like I don't know biotech or you know even electronics companies. Startups are still a, a pretty good proposition, but they're, they're reasonably expensive uh, to establish. Whereas startups that basically are software companies have a uh, really low activation energy. Almost anyone, anyone can get one going. And so for that reason, they're especially attractive to, to young people. And so over the last, uh, I guess, 10 years or so, uh, you see, well, 20 perhaps, uh, there have been an increasingly, an increasing number of young people starting startups. I think that's a really interesting phenomenon. Uh, and I think it's, it's the, the numbers considering that path are going to grow. Uh, in particular with the, the, the current economic climate, uh, large companies are obviously uh, you know, suffering right now and will continue to suffer for quite a while. Um, but, but startups generally tend to do pretty okay in poor economic conditions. Uh, I mean, Google and eBay did really well during the last, I know, albeit brief recession, 2001. So, so I think startups in general over, say, the next couple of decades are going to be really important to young people and also to the economy as a whole. And especially over you know, the next couple of years, just as we have like, these rough economic times, I think it's a, a big deal.
Um, and so to, to come back to what I was saying a couple of minutes ago, like the, the blunt truth today uh, is that starting a technology company in Ireland is not a particularly attractive proposition. And I think we have to be honest and realistic about that fact uh, and then focus on how we should change it. Um, I think the, 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 the biggest problem that exists in Ireland today is that uh, you know, our, our investment community uh, you know, could, could do with some improvement. Um, but all these criticisms, uh, I feel, you know, conceal actually uh, an awful lot of optimism in the sense that Ireland is actually quite well positioned. Uh, you know, we have a reasonably well-educated uh, population. We're fairly well off. Uh, we're, a, we're a small country, and so we can enact change fairly quickly. And so I, I don't see any reason that Ireland cannot become, you know, the, the, the Silicon Valley of Europe. But with that said, there are, there are significant problems. And uh, as I mentioned, I think the, the investment scene is, is probably the biggest. Um, I guess all of us have been reading quite a bit about finance for the past couple of weeks. And one of the most interesting things I read is that if you look at the, uh, do, do you guys know the, the S&P 500 index? I'm sure most of you do. Right. So if, if you look at this, you know, uh, index of the 500 largest companies in the U.S. Uh, and look at the, the returns of this index over, say, the 10-year period between 1997 and 2006, you find that uh, the, the average annual return uh, on investment is 8.4%. But uh, over the course of those, whatever, 3,650 days, if you miss out, or if you missed out, on the 10 best performing days, the, the average annual return goes down from 8.4% to 3.2%, just by missing the best 10 days. And so if you invested $1,000 um, in 1997, um, and I if you left that money invested for the entire period, you would have 2,000, I think, uh, 400. If you, uh, if, if you missed out on those best 10 days, your returns go down to uh, 1,300. Basically, you, your, your return is almost you know, a third of what it would otherwise have been. And I think this is kind of the, the problem with the in investment community in Ireland, too. It tends to be quite risk-averse. It does not value failure in the same way that uh, investors in the US do. And so I think uh, collectively in Ireland, this is something we really need to fix. Uh, the, the, the outliers, the really risky propositions, are where the great returns come from. And we don't value this enough uh, in Ireland. Um, even though investment is a kind of I know, dry topic, I guess, I really think it's something that we actually should get kind of passionate about. Um, for the re reasons I was mentioning before about like the, the growing importance of startups to you know young people and the economy generally and, and all the rest, um, and while the, the the kind of risk profile uh, and the, you know people's different or the the, dif the community's differing appetites for risk is a big part of the problem, um, I, I think an even bigger one might be just the mindset generally. Uh, in Ireland, it can seem like an extremely intimidating prospect to go and get some sort of. Uh, startup investment or seed funding or whatever it is. Um, and it seems intimidating, lar intimidating largely because it is. Um, and I mean, I, I was browsing the uh, Enterprise Ireland site and uh, Y Combinator sites uh, back yesterday afternoon when I was preparing this talk. And uh, I, I was just struck again by the extent to which this is the case. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting here from the Enterprise Ireland website. Um, this, this is you know, where they outline their, their application process. And what they write, write is, uh, project ideas must be discussed with your assigned development advisor prior to submitting a completed online application form. 
you'll be required to clearly demonstrate to your development advisor the specific benefits of undertaking the proposal. There is a cumulative grant limit within a rolling two-year period for all proposals approved under this category of funding. For further information, please discuss with your development advisor. I mean, I, I honestly don't know what that means. <laughs> and then I went to the Y Combinator site, and here's how they describe their application process. We'll review applications by October 29th and invite the groups that seem most promising to meet us in Mountain View on the weekend of November 14th. We'll decide who to fund that weekend. Decisions will include the amount we'll invest and the percent of the company we'd want for it. If you accept our offer, we'll write you a check immediately for as much as you need to cover your initial expenses. After you're accepted, we'll set up all your company paperwork for you, including getting you incorporated. Once your company exists, we'll write a check to it for the rest of the money. You can spend the money however you want. <laughs> and in, in the light of that sort of uh, difference in mindset, I don't think it's any surprise that people find it far less intimidating in the US uh, to go ahead and start a company. Um, the other issue is that uh, even if you do manage to get accepted in Ireland and, and do get some investment, the terms are not particularly good and the, the models on offer are just not very favorable for young companies. Uh, one thing that Enterprise Ireland favors a lot is this notion of matched funding, whereby basically uh, they will give you as much money as, as you spend yourself. And, and this just isn't all that great when you have no money yourself. <laughs> And so, I mean, again, it, it, it's not particularly attractive to, to young people. Uh, and so, again, to, to compare it to the US, uh, when Octomatic, when we had used up the initial seed capital that uh, Y Combinator gave us, we decided we would like to raise a little bit more. And um, we, were, we were approached by uh, Paul Bukai, who was, uh, who was the creator of Gmail. And uh, he, he offered to invest uh, 75K in the company. Um, but he's, he's a particularly, uh, I don't know, paperwork-averse guy, and so he, he, he agreed to make this investment and then kind of just forgot about it, right? Um, and so uh, then a, a couple weeks later, while, uh, uh, a couple weeks later, we, we sort of had this problem whereby we were due to go to a, a conference, we were going to go to eBay Live. Uh, we needed to buy some servers, but we, we didn't have the money for it. Um, and so, you know, I was sort of scratching my head wondering how we'd fix this problem. Um, and, uh, you know, on the phone to Dell and talking about different options like leasing and, you know, how we'd pay them back in the, like, a couple of years when we had millions and millions of dollars. And uh, they, they weren't really buying it, so we were kind of stuck. Uh, do, do any of you know Twitter? Yeah? Yeah, okay. So for anyone who doesn't, Twitter is this site where basically you provide, you know, short uh, status updates that describe just what you're doing or what you're thinking or what's going on. And then, you know, people who know you can choose to, to receive those updates. So I, I, I just wrote a short tweet saying something like, you know, tra trying to figure out how we can possibly pay for these servers or something, something to that effect. And uh, Paul Bukai, this investor, saw that tweet and he kind of phones up and he's like, hey, you know, I agreed to invest, didn't I? And we're like, yep. Uh, and he's like, so, I mean, why don't I just give you my credit card number? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, as you do, I was like, sure. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, he, I mean, he gave it to us and, and we bought our servers. And, and once again, I think this is the difference between Ireland and the US. I mean, in Ireland, if you go with this matched funding option, I mean, you have to get audited accounts and like different monies are ring-fenced to be spent in different areas and this must be, you know, certified R&D, blah, blah, blah. I mean, again, it's, it's, I don't understand it. Um, and in the US, you know, we get a phone call from an investor offering us his credit card number. <laughs> and uh, fr from the perspective of a startup founder, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty obvious which is preferable. 